106.9. Welcome to Anthology, and we welcome back one of our regular-ish guests, hey. Nick. Hello there. He's here to talk to us a little bit about ADMS because he's uh, involved in one of their shows coming up very soon, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. Uh, we'll be talking all about what ADMS is doing in 2020. They've got, uh, of, of course, their musical. They've got Favourite Shorts, which comes up next month. Uh, they've got a play coming up in October. And, of course, they've got another show coming up later in the year. I will have to double check if they've confirmed any dates for that yet. Uh, I think they've confirmed dates for the first one, but not the second one. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. we'll find we'll find out a little bit more yep. about that later in the show. Uh, we yeah, we've yep. got we'll we'll t- we'll talk about it. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> we've got we've got a whole hour and a half show to fill. Um, we will also be talking about the movie Nineteen Seventeen, one of the um, nominees for Best Picture at the Oscars, and uh, directed by Sam Mendes, and it's it's. It's it's something. It's something. We'll talk about that a bit later as well. And hopefully a little bit later in the show, we might be joined by another one of the wonderful people behind uh, Favourite Shorts who can talk to us about what it's all about and why you should go along and support it. But before all that, as is tradition, we get into theatre news. And I might start with Sydney because those are the pages that I opened up first on my browser. <laughs> Um, so Sydney has plenty going on as per usual this time of year. The Life of Us at the Hayes Theatre Company uh, is it's presented by 100 Coffees Productions, which is really fascinating given that the, uh, the poster is too. Cups of Coffee. It follows the long-distance romance of Charlie and Ellie. Forced apart by circumstance, they maintain their relationship through technology, but how much connection can a person truly feel through a screen? That's at the Hayes Theatre Company in Potts Point. Uh, and it closes, da, 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 get my dates up here, where do you put your dates on your website, um, on the 9th of February, which is this weekend. Uh, Shrek the Musical, how could we forget? It closes on the 9th of February as well. Um, saw a great story in on the news uh, this week about Ben Mingay, the um, actor who plays Shrek, and all the um, makeup and stuff that he has to go through to get into that character, mm. which must be a horrible experience. Imagine doing like a Saturday or a Sunday because he does a matinee and then a a nighttime show every though, Saturday and Sunday. Though I just got to say, like Shrek's one thing, but I feel for the Fiona character because we know like in Shrek, she changes from a human to an, an ogre, ogre. So she's got to put that on mid-show. Mid-show. And yeah. Oof. I've seen it done live, and oh, it is so cool. I didn't expect that they would. I haven't seen Shrek the Musical live. Um, I didn't expect that they would do the full, the at least the extent of makeup that they do for Shrek. Oh, well, I, I don't. I, I, I expect that it's the Sydney lyric. I hope. Oh, sorry, lyric. Or yeah, something? lyric. Lyric. Yeah. I hope that they do it because the thing is that they did. I went to a. Uh, production in Parramatta and they did it live on stage like they just had her go behind a wall and then she came out as Fiona and it was just quite spectacular to see yeah well if that's sold you it must close on the 9th of February I believe it's off to I'm racking the top of my head Melbourne next Mm -hmm from memory don't quote me on it so uh if you're in sydney and you haven't seen shrek the musical this week is your last chance and i just got to quickly say 
Um, if you're going into this thinking that Shrek, oh, it's going to be meme, it's it's a stupid thing. It's, oh, it is so much more. It is a lovely musical, some lovely music. Definitely give it a shot. It's good. I recommend it as well, just from the knowing the slight differences between it and the and the film. Mm. Um, Songs for Nobodies is on at the uh, Sydney Opera House uh, featuring Bernadette Robinson. It's a one-woman performance of imagined encounters between five different famous divas, including Judy Garland, Patsy Cline, Billie Holiday, Edith Piaf, and Maria Callas. So that's on at the Sydney Opera House, and it also closes this weekend. Don't miss out on that. Black Cockatoo, uh, inspired by the true story, of legendary First Nations cricketer Johnny Mullig and Australia's first ever international sporting team. That is on, uh, I know that it's, uh, I've got my information all over the place. It's at the Ensemble Theatre um, and it closes this Saturday. Um, so there's only a few more performances of that. And uh, lastly, Ticket Tech, you're the worst website. Um, Jack Whitehall is doing a tour of Australia. Um, it's on at the International Convention Centre in Sydney, and it's also on in Melbourne. Uh, so you'll have to look up the dates for that because I got timed out on the website. <laughs> uh, it's on at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre as well. Uh, so you can head along to uh, that. He will be a wonderful show, I'm sure. Okay. Now, I'm going to dwell on this one a little bit because I was fortunate enough a couple of weeks ago to see this. Um, as we move on to Melbourne now, um, I didn't get to talk too much about it last week because we were, sp- we were speaking mainly about Spring Awakening. But I went and saw Warhorse at the Regent Theatre in Melbourne. And I have got to say it was it, it knew what it was doing and it did it beautifully. Um, real shout outs to the Handspring Puppet Company who put together the puppets. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, Warhorse is the story, uh, same story as the film that you might know or the novel that you might know. Um, and it's, it's on stage and all of the animals are puppets. Mm-hmm. In the case of the horses, quite large and complex puppets. Just So uh, I, I haven't seen it and I haven't seen stuff from it, but I'm just wondering, is it like... Is it are the puppets trying for realism, or is it a bit more sort of Lion King esque? It's. I would say I would go for Lion King esque. It's. Mm-hmm. It is going for the shape and size of a horse. They're quite mm-hmm. realistic in terms of um, shape and size, but they're very obviously like framework, and they don't go for full on. Um, okay. So kind of like an impressionist sort of horse. A little bit. You, you need a little bit of imagination, but it, the presence is definitely very realistic. Nice. Um, and th- it's it's quite spectacular th- the way it's done. If you don't know the story of Warhorse, it's um, the story of a, a boy and a horse that he and his uh, lower class British family end up with, who both end up on the front lines of World War One. The horse is uh, sold off as a military horse, much to the boy's dismay, and the boy runs away and lies about his age to get onto the front lines and try and find the horse. And it's this really um, tragic and beautiful exploration of um, the front lines of World War I. Um, it's, it's truly a gorgeous production. It uses its set and um, production value very well. The lighting is gorgeous. There's a bunch of really, really intense moments um, that 
will just take your breath away. So um, luckily, it is headed to Sydney next. So if you miss out in Melbourne, it closes this weekend in Melbourne. Don't fret, it's coming to Sydney. Uh, but go to warhorseonstage.com.au. Highly recommend uh, going and seeing if you can get along to one of the shows because it's it's truly a spectacular production. Um, it it took my breath away, and I have no shame in saying it made me cry quite quite a bit as well. It was it was gorgeous. Um, we just love it when theatre can make us feel things. I love it because I don't feel things normally. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a bit more interesting stuff from Melbourne. Um, the Australian Shakespeare Company do a lot of uh, Shakespeare and, well, other, uh, particularly music as well, classical music out in the uh, Royal Botanical Gardens of Victoria in Melbourne. Um, their production of Hamlet out in the Royal Botanic Gardens is closing this weekend. Uh, so I recommend you get along to that. Their next uh, Shakespeare production will be Twelfth Night, hey. which opens on the 13th of February down in the Royal Botanic Gardens. They're also doing a couple of uh, music productions, Mozart by Moonlight on the 16th of February and Broadway Unplugged on the 2nd of February. I just realized that was yesterday. Never mind. <laughs> it's February already. I'm yeah. still in January mode. Um, the other show, which just is has the most garish website in the world, uh, is the play Daddy by Joel Bray. It runs for four days only. It opened today, so it closes on the 8th. It's at the Arts Centre in Melbourne, uh, and so don't miss out on that because it has a very short season indeed. Is it a play or a musical? Uh, let's have a look. Da-da-da-da-da. Because that feels very... It's a play. Yeah, okay. I was it's gonna, a play. I was going to say, I hope it's not a musical because... Four, four performances, did you say? Yeah. And, oh, four days. I'm not sure if four they double days. up. They okay. might double up for a matinee or something like that. Still, yeah. Um, Spring Awakening. We have to keep mentioning it. We're only down to we're down to nine days to go, uh, actually, Ooh. until Spring Awakening. So get your tickets. The place to go is littlefishentertainment.com. Um, so you can book your tickets online. It runs for eight shows only from the 13th to the 22nd of February here at the Armadale Showground Pavilion. Uh, run by the wonderful people at Little Fish who always do a marvellous job. Got to say, uh, having some first-hand experience doing some filming for them, it is looking very good. I'm very excited. I've got my tickets booked, so I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen as mm-hmm. keen as hell. Um, Favourite shorts, we're about to talk a little bit more about that, but yes. that's the uh, probably the next thing you need to be considering if you're looking to book your theatre tickets here in Armadale. 20th and 21st of March is week one, and the 27th and 28th of March is week two. There's two different programs on each week, so uh, yes. it's it's two shows of... How do you explain this o- over the radio? Okay. There's two different weeks. So, yeah, so there's two different weeks, two different programs. Uh, at the end of each night, the audience get to vote on what their favourite short is from the night. And, uh, yeah, come along to the first week because I am directing a play and starring in another one. Definitely go to the first week then. Yeah. Second week as well. So that's, once again, the 20th and 21st of March is week one, so program one. Mm-hmm. The 27th and 28th of March is week two. Uh, and you can get your tickets by going to adms.org.au or you can get them at the door. And lastly, we're going to mention She Kills Monsters. Well, before I go into oh. a couple of... Uh, 
a couple more. Last one here is She Kills Monsters from the Tamworth Dramatic Society, which is coming up from the 11th of March. There's only four shows at the Capitol Theatre, uh, so don't miss out because this one will be a strictly limited season. It's a heartwarming comedy packed with action, wit, and a sizable nerd quotient. So get your tickets to that one as well. A little bit uh, further afield, except I say that, and two of them are from Tamworth. Um, New England's Got Talent is coming up very shortly. Uh, It's from the 13th to the 15th of March down at the Tamworth Regional Entertainment Center. Uh, So if you're interested in that. Um, Something that you might be interested in uh, in general, just culturally speaking, as well as for its uh, theater aspects, the 2020 Australian Celtic Festival. Uh, up at Gleninus. It is on the 30th of April, or actually runs from the 30th of April until the 3rd of May. Um, right throughout the town of Gleninus, there's plenty of different events going on as part of that. So you can check that out uh, through the Facebook page. And lastly, uh, we're going to mention Grace Under Pressure, uh, a production by Rivers- hosted by Riverside Theatres uh, and... From what I can tell, I've got the wrong one. Uh, They're also, I believe, touring it maybe to Capitol Theatre or maybe it's a different one. Grace Under Pressure is going to be at the Capitol Theatre. That's all I know. (laughs) Um, For some reason, I seem to have got the Parramatta production. Yeah, because I was going to say Riverside Theatre. Either way, we are talking to Sydney people too. Uh, Grace Under Pressure is on at the Riverside Theatres. I might as well plug them since I've accidentally stumbled upon their Facebook event. Uh, 8th of May until the 29th of May, four shows only, Riverside Theatres and Parramatta. Book your tickets from the page. You're welcome, um, Riverside Theatres and whatever production. You just got a plug. Mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) But don't. They're expensive. Yeah. Oh, don't. Not these mics especially. Uh, They're worth more than me. Um, You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM where we're going to go to a song. Um, This is a very special song, so don't go anywhere. Uh, and stay tuned. After this, we'll be talking a little bit about who ADMS are and what they do. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar? The ten dollar founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being a self-starter by 14. They placed him in charge of a trading charter. And every day while slaves were being slaughtered and carted away Across the waves he struggled and kept his guard up Inside he was longing for something to be a part of The brother was ready to beg, steal, borrow, or barter Then a hurricane came and devastation rained on man Saw his future drip, dripping down the drain Put a pencil to his temple, connected it to his brain And he wrote his first refrain, a testament to his pain the word got around and said this kid is insane man Took up a collection just to send him to the mainland Get your education, don't forget from whence you came And the world's gonna know your name, what's your name man? Alexander Hamilton My name is Alexander Hamilton And there's a million things I haven't done But just you wait, just you Ten's father split, full of it, debt, ridden two years later, see Alex and 
his mother bedridden, half dead, sitting in their own sick, the scent thick. And Alex got better, but his mother went quick. Moved in with a cousin, the cousin committed suicide. Left him with nothing but ruined pride. Something new inside a voice saying, Alex, you gotta fend for yourself. He started retreating and reading every treatise on the shelf. To do for someone less astute, he would have been dead and destitute without a cent or restitution. Started working, working for his late mother's landlord, trading sugar cane and rum and all the things he can't afford. Scamming for every book he can get his hands on, planning for the future. See him now as he stands on the bow of a ship headed for a new land. In New York, you can be a new man. Alexander Hamilton from the musical Hamilton. Your mic wasn't on yet, oh. so no one heard that woo. There we go. There we are. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, where we're going to talk a little bit about ADMS now. Both Nick and I have been involved with ADMS in the past. Nick, tell us, who is ADMS? We've, you've, people have probably heard us mention them a million times on this show, and it's never really occurred to me that someone might not know who they are. Yeah. Well, uh, ADMS is the Armadale Drama and Musical Society. They're a uh, local theatre group in Armadale that do a collection of musicals and plays and usually do about four, three or four a year sort of thing. Uh, last year, you may have seen their productions of Singing in the Rain or Inheritance, and there was something... Oh, Favourite Shorts. And did they put on another show? I believe there was Resonance. Oh, yes, of course, Resonance. But, um, yeah, this year they've got another jam-packed schedule with Favourite Shorts at the start of the year, Mamma Mia, the big musical for the year, uh, Little Gem, a comedy drama. Actually, I'll butt in oh. there. Uh, Mark Bourne, the director, has changed Little oh. Gem. Uh, I'm not sure. I believe there were logistical reasons or something, but it's going to be Outside Edge, which is the comedy. Same time slot, same everything else, but it's called Outside Edge. Nice. And then uh, finally, Forever versus No Tomorrow, which looks to be interesting. It's same by... same uh, same writer as Resonance was. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, and I imagine I, I haven't I wasn't there at the meeting where they put it together. But I imagine a similar sort of concept. Hmm. 
Mm. Um, For those who don't know, it was a short play cross poetry, cross um, sort of live performance that was actually quite interestingly done. Uh, And they did it down in the space in the um, Armadale Mall. I'm not sure if they're going to be utilizing that space again or if they've got a different idea this time around, but it's the same um, writer behind it. So possibly quite a similar kind of concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, um, yeah. I hope that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It should be fantastic. So um, favorite shorts is coming up in March. What is favorite shorts exactly? Okay. So um, we briefly talked about it before, but favorite shorts is a collection of short plays written by local playwrights. Uh, when we say local, it's usually around New South Wales sort of thing. Um, I know that one direct, uh, one writer that I got to meet last year that I performed in a few of his plays, uh, he came from Newcastle and he was an absolutely lovely gentleman. And I'm actually directing one of his shows again this year. Hmm. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. But, um, yeah, it's a series of short plays written by local playwrights and put together by local directors and stuff like that. Uh, every Every play is about... This year, it's a general sort of seven pages long sort of thing. Um, They're short, quick sort of thing, and every play is usually directed by a different person. There are a few double-ups, but yeah. Uh, At the end of every performance, the audience then put in a ballot to see what, uh, to vote what their favorite short is, and at the end of the weekend, it's revealed what the favorite short for the weekend was. And, uh, yeah, it's always good fun. Um, it's a great experience for starting out actors because they, um, it's usually, uh, for, for the last two years, I believe, it's been scripted readings, uh, which means that it's uh, performed with sort of walking around the space and such, but the actors do have scripts in hand. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off, but uh, it's always a good good watch and uh, good fun. Fantastic event to get along to to support your local theatre as well because literally on every level mm. it's um, it's local. Local writers, at least within the state, some of them actually are from Armadale as well. Yes. Um, and then local directors, local actors, everything's purely mm. local. While you are supporting your local theatre by going along and seeing something like Mamma Mia!, this is also supporting, you know, our local writers who are just trying something out, seeing how uh, an audience will respond to one of their plays or something like that. Exactly. And also, I personally feel that uh, these short plays can also have a bit more personality sometimes than uh, some other shows because these writers sort of, they either might be starting out or they might just want to try something new and so it's always a bit different than what you're used to and it's good fun mm. there's some very i was involved last year mm. there were some very interesting plays um going around some of them very light-hearted kind of comedies mm. some dealing with some pretty big issues which was really good to see as well and that yeah that's the other thing that's great about favorite shorts is that no two plays are the same they're all very unique uh, some are sort of... I, I know that last year there were a few historical pieces. Uh, I believe there are uh, there are some historical pieces this year. Uh, when I say that, I mean sort of like 
they take inspiration from historic events and then put it into a news either funny or serious piece. Uh, there's also it's also a mixture of styles. So like, for example, some of these pieces are duologues. Meanwhile, some of them have bigger casts. Uh, meanwhile, there's a monologue right in there. It's and, good to uh, see the monologues still getting representation. Yeah. There's only a couple of monologues last time around as well. I always think that's an underappreciated style of theatre. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's very intense, but very fun. <laughs> Gotta love a good monologue. Um, well, quickly, we won't talk too much about favourite shorts because I know that we're hopefully getting Margaret in who's going to yeah. tell us all about it. But... Um, We'll talk quickly about a couple of the others as well. So Mamma Mia, um, yes. as a musical, uh, it's it's quite exciting because uh, you'll see a lot of towns doing Mamma Mia uh, <laughs> this year. And that's not because everyone's copying each other. That's because no. this is actually the first year that the rights to do Mamma Mia, the stage musical, have become available. It's pretty new. I know that the musical, the movie's pretty, the movie's coming at, oh, just past 10 years old now. But the... Um, I'm really surprised by that because Mamma Mia, the actual, I thought the musical came out before the movie. I was under the impression the movie came out first. Um, Let's do some quick Googling. Da, 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 yeah. As you listen to our keyboards tapping. <laughs> um, no, the stage musical did come out first. There yeah. you go. I've been, ed- I've been educated. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just become available and I'm not 100% sure why. Uh, it might have been because of the movie. Yeah. Or because, it, well, I know that obviously they made a sequel to the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just having a look at it, it looks like it's done a number of tours, a um, couple of Broadway tours. There was a West End production, international and touring productions. It might have just been that popular that, yeah. that it just didn't stop professionally touring until now. So Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. It's a pretty popular and pretty good show in general so yeah yes um well it's yeah so it's just become available so um as we mentioned towards the end of last year ben and i went up to queensland and they were doing it up there um we saw glenn innes do it towards the end of last year um so there's plenty of people around doing it in case you don't know it's the uh it's it's a musical adaptation of a lot of the music of abba yeah Um, it's it's an abba soundtrack it, it's basically an ABBA soundtrack with a plot. Yeah. That's that's it. Um, it's it's quite a good musical, um, and it's being put on by ADMS, which is pretty exciting. I know that they've been excited to do that for a number of years. Um, they've been really waiting eagerly for that to become a possibility. I'm very looking forward to this show because it's got a few young characters, and I know that while ADMS has always been... Uh, supporting of all theatre people in the community. It's, um, yeah, it's good to see some younger people. It's always nice when there's when there's a good spread of roles mm. for, for everybody, um, male and female, young and old, that kind of thing. That's the kind of musicals you look for when you're running a thing like ADMS where of course. you want everyone involved in the community. You don't want to be really getting exclusive. While there's some musicals that are wonderful, you just... You just have to consider whether they're too narrow in terms of their casting. Mm. I'm looking at you, posties, newsies, <laughs> <laughs> bloody newsies, um, Matilda. Um, so, 
that's coming up in, we've got the dates here, the 10th to the 25th of July are the draft dates there. It's being directed by the wonderful Neil Horton mm. uh, with musical direction by Liz Smith. And it's on at the Taz Hoskins uh, in mid-July. Uh, and lastly, Outside Edge, we don't, I don't know a whole lot about the play itself, but yeah, essentially no. um, ADMS also does, generally speaking, a play every year as well which will this one will also be in the taz hoskins um they've done a number of wonderful plays in the past yeah um i was involved in one what now three years back goodness me that's getting i feel old what was that oh proof Proof. yes proof was proof was will be three years ago this year that's that's terrifying that's scary (laughs) the never-ending stream of time my friends (laughs) (laughs) We're all running out of it. So if you're, if you think that you want to get involved in theatre, get involved in theatre now. Yeah, do it now. Time is fleeting. Do it now because one day you'll remember that that was three years ago, and you'll be like, "Oh dear, I did my first productions outside of school three years ago. That's haunting." Okay. I, I just, I just want to quickly say, like, just a quick synopsis because I, I did a quick Google and saw what Outside Edge is all about. That's ah. all, all about a village cricket team trying to win a game of cricket while sorting out their various marital problems. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds... Well, it, I, it does say comedy, yeah. so I'm I'm keen. It's an English comedy, so I'm looking forward to that. I love good English comedy. I know Mark Bourne does too. He's the director. Yeah. Um, he does love the English style of comedy, so it'll be good to see his take on uh, Outside Edge. Mm. And, of course, we don't have many details for it yet, but Forever vs. No Tomorrow coming up later in the year from Graham Patterson. Yes. Uh, play dates and venue are to be confirmed, but... There will be plenty of information. You can follow ADMS on their various social media. They have a Facebook page. Um, and, of course, their website is adms.org.au. So stay tuned there for the information as it becomes available. Though, so if you're wanting to get involved with ADMS, the best way is to uh, become a member. Yes. Uh, because then you get the usual – you get added to the mailing list where they uh, put out all their information, uh, all their casting and stuff like that, and uh, yeah. You could do that by heading to adms.org.au, and I believe there is an online form. Yes, there is. It's in the membership form section. Uh, Just fill that out. Uh, There is a $5 fee for students, $10 fee for a single membership for adults, and a $20 fee for a family membership. Uh, Just fill that out, pay the fee, and you are officially a member and can be involved in their productions and will be on their mailing list and uh, have all of those wonderful benefits as well, as well as being able to vote at their meetings and all those other wonderful and perks. While we're quickly on the website, I just want to say that if you're uh, interested in seeing what ADMS has been doing and what they are... Uh, the, what's, what's the word? They are... They can, what they can do, then uh, you can actually go on to what's been on their website and see all of their past shows they have a very extensive what's been section oh yeah going all the way back to 1922 actually yeah um with detailed detailed look back at everything they've almost ever done i i assume almost i assume something surely there is something that's not there but yeah. um when you're as old as 1922 something <laughs> something has something to go missing. missing but um all the way back to to the very very beginnings of ADMS, you can check out all the wonderful things they've been doing in this town for a long, 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 long time. Yes. 
We might go to a song, and when we come back, let's have a look at my run sheet. When we come back, we might talk about a movie. Um, unfortunately, James couldn't be with us tonight, but we do have a movie review anyway. So um, we'll be right back after this song. This is Heart of Glass by Blondie, because we're going with some old songs tonight. Ooh. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Thank you. 
Isn't that a great song? Heart of Glass by Blondie here on 106.9 Tune FM, where we're back with Anthology Volume 12. And it's time for the movie review. James has let me down. No, he hasn't. He did tell me. He did tell me he wasn't going to be here. But uh, that means that we've only got one movie review this week. Um, and it's one that you should definitely go and see as soon as possible. It is 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, starring, starring George Mackay, Dean Charles Chapman, Mark Strong, Andrew Scott, Richard Madden, uh, Colin Firth, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's really, uh, it's, it's more star-studded than you think. Now, this film, what's interesting about it is it did something very ambitious in that it tried to edit itself to be a one-shot film. Uh, for those who don't know what a one-shot film is, it's a film that, in this case, appears to be all shot in one go, just like you had the camera rolling and you just did it start to finish like a play. Um, there's been a number. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock is quite famous for doing a couple of them. Uh, Birdman, which was an Oscar winner a couple of years back, um, was also a one-shot film. Um, this one has, of course, been nominated for Best Picture and you can really see why doing a one-shot film about war it was set in world war one ambitious idea um now as many of you will know from the way that i've spoken on anthology before i am a massive fan of a director whose name is christopher nolan and a couple of years ago he did a film called dunkirk and the reason i said that i liked dunkirk more than pretty much any war... F I, I rate Dunkirk as my favourite war film of all time was because Dunkirk didn't do what every other war film that's trying to get you... Try, trying to really get you to feel emotion about it. Every single one of them does the same thing of, I'll show you a really graphic, really confronting war scene and that'll be really confronting for you because you'll have that whole moment of... Oh, well, what do we do this for? What is war for? Why have these people got to go through this kind of thing? Have that really emotional moment. And that, there's a lot of wonderful films that do that. Um, you know, Saving Private Ryan, The Hurt Locker, um, that sort of thing are, are really wonderful in that way. But what Dunkirk did was focus not on the graphic violence or the, the bloodshed, but the tension. It really captured the tension, the constant fear of death that was there. There wasn't a whole lot of you know, actual battle scenes, there were just these really tense, this real feeling of entrapment, and that was wonderful. 1917 does something similar. It doesn't focus on just... Now, there are a couple of scenes of... Well, I, I would say there isn't a battle scene in 1917. There is not a scene where it is brutal or confronting because you're seeing... Um, two armies go up against each other and shoot each other. That's not what it focuses on. What 1917 focuses on is the raw reality of the conditions and the aftermath and what war does to people and to the landscape. There's, some real, uh, there's a real presence of decay, um, rotting bodies, that sort of thing, um, the squalid conditions of the trenches, um, wounds and infection and all of that sort of thing and because it's a one-shot film there's this really wonderful sense that you're there the whole time it's designed to make you feel like you can't get a breath you can't get a breath from this place you're spending two and a half hours 
in World War One France, and that's it. You're there. You're there with them, and it's very confronting. It's very beautiful. There were two sequences of this film that I have to say are two of the best um, filmmaking sequences I've seen in my life, and I've seen a lot of films. There were there was one of those. Well, actually, both of those sequences did bring a tear to my eye, not just because they were both quite emotional and uh, beautiful moments in terms of the story, but just so beautifully put together with wonderfully composed music, um, some incredible shots, some incredible CGI, and just the reality of what was going on was truly magnificent. Um, Camera movement, absolutely splendid. And I've got to say, now I've already banked my bets on the Oscar Best Picture winner. I've got to say I won't be mad if I lose out to 1917 because it deserves it. It is a marvelous, marvelous film. It's a true accomplishment um, by Sam Mendes to have been able to put something like this together. It was something that sounded a little bit ambitious to me when I first heard about it. It was like a one-shot war film. Doesn't seem like it would work. I. It seems like you're trying to push too much into something that has too much of a, a a production time and cost because, you know, you get one thing wrong, you're doing these really long takes that take a long time to set up when you've got explosives and that sort of thing that you maybe only get one try out. How can you do those long takes? Well, they did it and they did it spectacularly well. I've got to give a shout out to the leads, George Mackay and Dean Charles Chapman. They were superb in both of their roles. Um, you really, because it's a one-shot film, you meet them right at the start. They're the very first thing you see and the very last thing you see, and it's it's gorgeous. Um, the the amount that you really latch on to those characters and really come to love those characters right from the get-go, there you're with them. Um, shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch and Mark Strong as well, whose roles were relatively minor. They were only on screen for a very short period of time, but really captured what they were meant to be doing. Um, aside from George Mackay and D. Charles Chapman, pretty much everyone else is a minor role because they they appear and then like the journey goes on and that's and that's their role. They're there for like five minutes at most, um, getting accumulating probably like two minutes of screen time per character. But like Benedict Cumberbatch, his role is a couple minutes of screen time at the very, very end, and he nails it. It's beautiful. You, you know who his character is. It's a wonderful performance. Um, so I've got to say, visually speaking, uh, and not just in terms of CGI and that sort of thing that you usually talk about, but the way the set is lit, um, the the raw reality that they create um, in this in this film set, it's beautiful from start to finish. 1917 is visually one of the best films I've ever seen um, in terms of its cinematography, in terms of its particularly the camera movements, but also the camera ang- angles and all that sort of thing as well. One of the best films I've ever seen. I've got to say, in almost every department that I think about it, it's up there with the best films that I've ever seen. And the only reason probably that it doesn't quite pip Dunkirk as my uh, my favorite war film of all time is p- purely because I believe Dunkirk is slightly more of a tighter knit concept. I think that everything was 
was really put together in terms of what Nolan wanted to do with that film. But Sam Mendes is right on his heels in, in that, in that sense. Um, he's created something truly beautiful and you should all go and see it as soon as possible. Um, for me, having seen it, it's a worthy winner of best picture. It's one that I will not be mad if it wins best picture, particularly because I have baked my bets against it, but I will be, I will be satisfied. That will be a satisfying loss for me. Um, seeing such a wonderful film come away with an accolade that it definitely deserves. We're going to go back to the music then. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about ADMS and about favorite shorts and about, um, well, hopefully we'll have uh, Margaret in the studio at some point in the next half an hour to 40 minutes as well. So we can talk with her about uh, what her role is in getting favorite shorts together and uh, and what it does for this community. In the meantime, we'll go into a song. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology. This is Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. You'll say We've got nothing in common No common ground to start from And we're falling apart You'll say The world has come between us Our lives have come between us Still I know you just don't care And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany? She said, I Well, that's 
Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. We are fortunate enough to be joined by Margaret in the studio, who's one of the producers of Favourite Shorts for 2020. How are you, Margaret? I'm very good. Hi, everyone. Well, uh, we've given a little bit of a general overview of what Favourite Shorts is and what's going on, but give us an, give us an idea of what goes into putting one of these shows together. Well, first of all, we have to get the scripts and we have a number of people who, local people who are writing for us. Anyone can write a script for favourite shorts. It's a great way to practice script writing, to have a chance to see something that you've actually written, put on stage. It's really exciting for some of our writers. So we get a, a pile of scripts together. We then send them out to our directors and our directors can be anyone. It's a chance for people to have a go at directing. Some people who have never directed before. You can do a small script, have a go. It, it, part of the fun of favourite shorts is people having a go at doing things they maybe haven't done before. Uh, so we we have we get our directors. They look at the scripts. They choose the scripts. We audition for people to play the roles. Again, a wonderful opportunity for people to have a go. We always, every year in Favourite Shorts, have people who have never been on stage before having a first go, having just having a try. It's not too scary because we do what we call rehearsed readings, which means that you don't have to learn your lines off by heart. So when you're on stage for the very first time and you're scared, you've got those words in front of you to help you to get through it. So we, we audition, we make sure that everyone who auditions gets a chance to do something on stage because for us it's like a training ground. It's a t chance for people to have a try, to learn some skills and hopefully in the next few years those people will move up and star in some of our bigger shows. And having said that, even though a lot of people are trying it for the first time, in the past it's been quite a high-quality show, hasn't it? That's right. We, we do try and go around all of the rehearsals and, and look at what's happening, give our directors some extra hints and support to, to just make sure that what the audience sees is something that's really interesting. Yeah, well... We've got a whole bunch of, obviously, uh, first-year co first cohort of theatre students coming in, and of course, a first-year cohort right across the university coming in the next uh, few weeks as well who might be interested in theatre. Why do you think this would be a great thing for them to come along and see as an audience member? Well, I would hope that the people who come in for the first time this year will actually be involved in favourite shorts next year. So if we can fire those students up with enthusiasm to write a script, to try directing, to try and, and to audition for a role and be on stage, unfortunately the timing means that students coming in this year, it's too late. But if they come along as, as audience members, we're going to fire them up and get them enthusiastic and they're going to be part of us next year. So give us the, uh, the, the dates then and, and so that if we've got any of those students listening, they can come along and grab some tickets. Okay, so we've got two programs. On the weekend of March the 20 and 21st is our first program. And then the following weekend, March the 27th and 28th, is a different program of plays. So you could actually come two weeks in a row and see completely different plays and get all enthusiastic and go home and start writing your own. So each of the plays goes for about seven pages, you said, Nick, or about... Well, yeah, I said a 
average about that? They, they vary. Some of the plays are really short. They might only be five to seven minutes. Some of the plays will be a little bit longer. They may be about 15 minutes. And so when we put the program together, we mix them up a little bit so that you don't have two longer plays together. Mm. So you get the short, the long, the short, the long, that, that kind of mixture. So the audience is always kept on the edge of their seats because there's always something happening that they're wanting to, to see the resolution. How many plays are in each of your programs? We try and have about eight, and again, it varies a little bit depending on the length of plays, but we would normally have about eight plays for each program, so you'd have four and then a half time and then another four. That's, that's the general structure. So can they anyone get their tickets online or is it just at the door? You can get your tickets online through Try Booking, but generally we find that most of the ticket sales for favourite shorts happen at the door. So do come along. If it's a last-minute decision, no big deal. Come along and really have fun with us. Well, you can check out all the details at adms.org.au and through all of ADMS's social media and that sort of stuff as well. So check that out and head along to Favourite Shorts. We might chuck on another very relevant song this time. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Nick a little bit more about uh, some of the specific plays that he's been involved in with Favourite Shorts in the past. And uh, don't go anywhere. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology. And this is Mamma Mia by ABBA.
Mamma Mia by ABBA here on 106.9 Tune FM, where we're going to keep talking with Nick a little hey. bit about some of the short plays he's been involved with, with favourite shorts in the past. Yeah. It's not your first go around at favourite shorts, is it? No, this is my second time around. Um, it's, yeah, it's a great show. And these past two years, I've gotten to direct shows in it. And it has been a great experience because I have done a lot of uh, amateur directing with high school stuff. But other than that, I really wanted to uh, reach out into community theatre. And I had already been a part of it as an actor, but I wanted to find a way to take that across as a director. And so Favourite Shorts was the way I did it. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, I know that you directed one uh, last year where I was involved as well. Um, tell us a little bit about what you put together last time around. Yes, uh, I, well, you weren't part of the one that I directed. No, but I was part of yeah, Favourite Shorts. Yeah, you were. Yes. Yeah, anyway, um, last year I directed a play called uh, One Way Ticket, that's it. Uh, and it was a very interesting show, just a cast of four, and it was all about these uh, two two sets of couples that were having some marriage issues. Uh, one couple was about to get married and the other was a homosexual relationship. Uh, and one of them, uh, one of the people from each couple decided that they wanted to be with the other person. And so they took off to Melbourne and left their partners in the dust. It was a bit of an awkward, uh, awkward play to start off with, but uh, it was good fun. It was... Uh, very interesting staging-wise, and uh, there was a lot of, uh, I don't want to say choreography, but very planned blocking sort of thing mm. that was very fun to work with. It'd be interesting to work with as well in a shorter context. What What, what is that like, do you think? Um, what are the differences between putting together a play that has to come to a conclusion within 5, 10, 15 minutes compared to directing something that goes for two hours? Well, for one, it's a lot less pressure. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, <laughs> but um, it's also... I, I personally think it's much, much better from an actor perspective because uh, both as being part of one of, the, one of the actors on stage and also being the director, I felt that we could really get to know the characters a lot better than if we were to do a longer show just because we we didn't have as much content to go over so we could just keep on coming back to it and back to it and picking out the minute details in it and yeah how much rehearsal goes into a, a favourite shorts play? I know that's slightly less because of uh, the fact that the actors don't have to learn their lines off by heart. But mm. um, in, in, the, in that sense, what are you rehearsing and how much time do you have? Well, it's, it's slightly less in the way that we don't actually have to learn lines. But in a general rehearsal, uh, rehearsal frame of mind, it's pretty much the same. Um, blocking all has all has to take the same amount of time as usual. Uh, of course, it's less blocking because it's a smaller play. But, um, yeah, we usually... We've had two weeks so far, and we've only got about four weeks until show. I think. Something like Something that, like yes. that. So, yeah, only a six-week or so rehearsal process. Um, 
I've been catching up with my cast once a week. That's how I did it last year. Uh, if we we don't usually feel like we need to have extra rehearsals towards the end, but if we do, we do. But um, yeah, it's pretty. What we do in rehearsals is mostly focused on how uh, characterization and blocking. Um, for those that don't do theatre or don't know much about theatre, blocking is basically staging out this person's going to go here on this line, this person's going to go here on this line, so far, so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, character uh, delivery is very much a big thing, especially in the first, first few rehearsals. Um, I know that last, last rehearsal... Uh, this year with my cast we went we just had a read through and we read through the play twice and by the second time we sort of stopped and started and experimented with what what the delivery could be and that's that's also another great thing about favorite shorts in that it being such a short play there is a lot more room for experimentation and bringing out your own character sort of thing so Mm. yeah so what kind of things are you working on? Don't give us spoilers, but what kind of things are you working on for this year's favourite shorts? So this year, so last year I did four plays. I've brought that down a lot this year. <laughs> I'm only in two. Um, but this year I'm directing a play and starring in one. Uh, the play that I'm directing is all about a love, it's a love story all about a depressed protagonist who uh ends up who has a bit of trouble expressing himself and so he feels that he needs to do that in outlandish and crazy ways and it doesn't always work it doesn't always make the impact that others expect it to (laughs) it's yeah very fun and then uh the other play that i'm starring in is a uh political satire all about um all about the banking system and uh, how <laughs> how uh, privacy and um, I can't think of the word, but so that people can see what you're doing. Uh, I can't think of the word. Surveillance. Uh, not surveillance. Um, so that uh, everyone can see everything. It doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, openness, I'll say. Um, mm. Yeah, about banks and private organizations having openness about what they're doing. It's very funny. Sounds very interesting. There's a really broad spectrum uh, oh, yeah. across the board there, just from a simple love story to a really in-depth political satire. Yeah. Got to love that. <laughs> um, now, you were involved with ADMS in their larger productions too. Yes. Um, can you go a little bit more in-depth into what someone could expect to be different if, say, let's say they're in favorite shorts and they're thinking about getting involved in Mamma Mia or the play later in the year? Well, I firstly, with they're very different um, circles to be in. Uh, the, I'll start off with the musical. The musical is always so much fun, even if you're in the ensemble. Uh, it's just... It's a great way to get to know people and network. And you also make some great friends for life. Um, I know that last year I was in Singing in the Rain and a few years back I was in Spamalot. They were both very great shows. Um, It's much more intense, of course, because it's a musical. So you need to do more than just acting. (laughs) 
sort of dancing and singing. But uh, it's always a fun experience because uh, it's it's always it's kept to a high standard, but everyone always understands that it's community theatre. So there's uh, it's always kept to a high standard, but people don't feel overly stressed like if you're if you're going like completely pulling your hair out from stress you know that people are going to be like oh no it's okay you don't need to stress that much it's community theater but yeah but as for the plays uh i did inheritance last year it's it's a bit more like favorite shorts in that you get to know everyone in your cast much better it's much more of a close-knit group um it may not be as broad of a spectrum so it may be that um you might be one of the only younger you might be the only one of your demographic sort of thing but that's just how the plays are set out but even still with that you can still make great friends with uh some older people some people with some more experience and uh yeah, also get to meet some people that you may not usually meet. But. Can testify to that. The one time I did an ADMS play, it was a cast of four. Yeah. Um, so that was very <laughs> tight-knit. And I was the youngest person on the cast. Yeah. So, you know, you you really do get to learn from some people that um, are far more experienced than you are, mm-hmm. which is something is it's very val- valuable and you can take away from. So if mm-hmm. you're a UNE theatre student or maybe just a UNE student who's interested in theatre, ADMS is something you should consider. We'll go through their draft. This, I will, I will emphasize this is a draft program. A lot of this might change closer to the dates. But this is their 2020 draft program. Favorite Shorts uh, is locked in. It'll be on the 20th and 21st of March is week one. And the 27th and 28th of March is week two. Uh, it is on at the Taz Memorial Hall, uh, 8 p.m. all four of those nights. Uh, and you can get your tickets at the door. You can book them online, but... As Margaret said, most of the ticket sales for that will be at the door. Mamma Mia uh, is the musical. At the moment, it's uh, being scheduled for the 10th to the 25th of July at the Taz Hoskins Center, um, directed by Neil Horton and music direction by Liz Smith. That will be a wonderful show, I'm sure. Outside Edge is their uh, comedy play coming up from the 2nd to the 17th of October at the Taz Hoskins Center, uh, written by Richard Harris and directed by Mark Bourne. And then Graham Patterson's Forever Versus No Tomorrow uh, dates and venue will be confirmed a little bit later in the year. So uh, as we've said, go on to adms.org.au, consider becoming a member, um, head along to Favourite Shorts, grab your tickets, go and see what they're all about. And, of course, you can follow them on social media, their Facebook page in particular, for all the details of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go to our second uh, musical song of the night before we Ooh. come back and uh, faff off a little bit for another <laughs> 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. This is from one uh, interesting story. I've actually been studying this musical, but not in its musical form, because it's based on a graphic novel. Okay. This is from the musical Fun Home. Yes. And it is the song Ring of Keys. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM's Anthology. You didn't notice her at first, but I saw her the moment she walked in. She was 
A delivery woman. She came in with a handcart full of packages. She was an old school butch. Someone just came in the door. Like no one I ever saw before. I feel. I feel. I don't know where you came from. I wish I did. I feel so dumb. I feel. Your swagger and your bearing and just right clothes you're wearing Your short hair and your dungarees and your lace-up boots And your keys, oh, your ring of keys I thought it was supposed to be wrong of keys from the musical Fun Home here on Anthology on 106.9 Tune FM. I have to talk about that musical for a second. I really want to see it. So funny story of how I came across it. I actually studied this trimester a graphic novel unit here at UNE. Fun Home is based on a graphic novel. Um, it's really interesting. It's essentially uh, an autobiographical kind of comic um, that is her reflecting on her childhood and her father who came out uh, to his his family as gay and then eventually died and she believes that the death was um, a suicide and it's her investigating her own past kind of detective style in a way um, to kind of uncover the truth about her past and it's really it's really interesting because there's there's moments where you're not sure if what she's the conclusions she's coming to are actually true or if she's it, or if it's what she wants to be true, 
And there's a few times where the narrator's reliability is kind of put into question and um, whether whether she's kind of jumping to conclusions or that, or that sort of thing. It's a very interestingly told story, um, very interesting as a graphic novel, and I'd be keen to see it as a musical. It is, I believe, coming to uh, Australia this year, and I'm just going to check because if it is, I might be in the midst of planning a trip live on the air. <laughs> uh, Sydney Theatre Company are doing it. When? Uh, it's just come up on Google, and I'm scrolling down. It says okay. 2020, so that's a good sign. Ooh. The 29th of August until the 2nd of October at the Roslyn Packer Theatre in Sydney. Nice. That's a pretty decent length season too. Huh. Um, tickets are not on sale yet. Yes? No? No. Yes? No. I'm th- Their ticket p- page Maybe. is very confusing. Maybe. <laughs> tickets may be on sale very soon. Yes, they are on sale. It says there, on sale now. Cool. Uh, tickets are on sale, but apparently you can only buy them through the Sydney Theatre Company website. So go and buy it there because uh, that's it's also the winner of three Tony Awards, including Best Musical. Huh. I might go see that. Um, so yeah, Rosalind Parker Theatre in Sydney from the end of August until the uh, start of October. Okay. So, Jacob, I just want to quickly say, so you've been asking me a lot of questions today. I want to ask you a question. Oh, dear. So we've been talking about musicals and musical theatre. Uh-huh. What is your favourite musical of favorite all musical. time? That's a very loaded question. It is. Um, It's, see, if I pick, there's three that come to, yeah, there's three that come to mind, but if I pick one of them, okay, first first proviso of me answering this question. Yeah. The first footnote here is that I don't watch if I like the look of a musical, mm-hmm. I will not watch it until I can find somewhere to see it live. Yes, of course. So for, and, and that includes, in some cases, listening to the soundtrack. So really? I do not listen to some soundtracks because I'm very keen to see those musicals live. So there are a lot of big ones mm-hmm. that I don't know anything about purely because I'm very like. keen to see it and I haven't found an opportunity to go and see it yet. Okay. So there's going to be a lot that just get completely put by the wayside purely for that reason whether it's just i've i've heard the soundtrack but i haven't seen it so i don't know so what sort of ones would that be like um hamilton i only know the very the the very famous songs um like alexander hamilton which we heard uh, earlier on um uh, a number of others hades town i haven't seen anything about it Ooh, that's a good Um, one there's there's just a number that are like that. I, I know that I've been – I had planned to go down and see Six in Sydney. Yeah. And I'd been avoiding um, a lot of of things about it for that reason. Unfortunately, I've ended up having to cancel that trip to Sydney. So it's still, again, up in the air about when and where I'm going to see that. But Have you listened to that one soundtrack? I have listened to a couple of the songs. Yeah. Um, I, I am a big fan of Don't Lose Your Head. <laughs> yes. um, it's a very yes. good... I love the word play in that song. Uh. Um, but so the three that it comes down to are all ones that I have seen live and professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem here is that I like all of them for different reasons. Okay. They were all very different scale of production that I saw, but I'm going to have to go with, at the end of the day, my favourite musical is the Book of Mormon. Yes. <laughs> um, purely because I think it ticked all the boxes. There's The other ones that I've seen I liked because 
costumes or choreography or I really like the soundtrack or I really like the um, the way they staged it or something like that. I think Book of Mormon ticked all of those boxes. Mm. Um, it was both a very high level production that at the same time I thought was very well pulled off. I love the soundtrack. I still listen to it in my car to this day. Um, it's It took a political stance. It had something to say. It was inspiring. It was emotional. It was funny. I think it ticked a lot of boxes. But the one I've got to give a shout out to as well is Muriel's Wedding. Ah, um, did Australian. you see that? I did go and see Muriel's Wedding. Mm. Actually, funny story. I, was, I ended up at opening night Ooh. in Sydney quite by accident. I don't know... <laughs> I, I don't know why this happened, but um, basically myself and my girlfriend were going on a road trip. We decided mm-hmm. we we're going to go see a musical. Mm-hmm. I checked what was in Sydney at the time. I thought Muriel's wedding would be pretty cool. Checked the session, the, the shows. Mm-hmm. Found one on the, I believe it was a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Went, okay, there, there you go. There's tickets. That suits my budget. Mm-hmm. Booked them. Not a second thought about it. It was just the date that suited our, the time that we were going to be in Sydney. We were on a road trip that was going quite a way across the state. So we were only in Sydney for one night. That was the night that suited it. We got there. Everyone was dressed very, very nicely. <laughs> and we were not, we were dressed badly. We just, we were dressed for your average night at the theatre. You were college students. We were college students dressed for your, your average night at the theatre. You know, I wore a slightly nicer pair of pants or something <laughs> like that. And I, we, we kind of felt very, very underdressed. Um, I figured that, you know, some, some group has come to watch it. Maybe it's like some of the cast's family or something. In yeah. a way, I was right. Um, <laughs> Because we then stumbled upon a red carpet on which there happened to be people like Kate Miller Heike, who wrote the damn musical. Um, and then we were seated four seats down from half of five seconds of summer. Damn. Um, so we were a little bit like, okay, uh, what's going on here? Turned out it was opening night at the Lyric Theatre. They How gave, did you get tickets? I don't know. The tickets were not expensive either. Wow. Um, so... We ended up at opening night of Muriel's wedding. We didn't, I, I had a suspicion when we got to intermission, we were like, there are so many famous people here and they're all dressed really nicely. This has got to be some sort of special night. I was kind of piecing it together and then they gave flowers to the cast at the curtain call. Yeah. And I was like, is this opening night? <laughs> it's either opening or closing. It's, and it definitely wasn't Lost, closing. Yeah. So I was, um, yeah, we actually accidentally ended up at opening night of Muriel's wedding, but I really liked Muriel's wedding um, I'm a real big fan of that soundtrack. I was a really big fan of Natalie Abbott, who played Muriel in the production that we saw. She has a stellar voice. Um, there's a couple of videos on YouTube, actually, of her singing some of the songs. I highly recommend you re- you check the, her out because she was a wonderful Muriel. Um, but basically, the, the reason that it is probably my favourite is because I went in with slightly lowered expectations, mm-hmm. mainly because it was... Uh, 100% Australian production. Yep. The ones that I'd gone to see in the past, like it, the year before I went to see Book of Mormon. It's kind of like, yeah, it's it's a little bit like, okay, well, that's, you know, Broadway, Tony Award winning territory. Yeah. Now we're going to see Muriel's Wedding. It's probably not going to be quite as good. And the production value was brilliant and the soundtracks were brilliant and the choreography was brilliant and I loved every second of it. And um, the cast had amazing voices and Stella were absolutely stellar. So I was a bit like, oh, 
I like this musical. I like mm. it a lot. Nice. Spin that around. What's your favorite musical, Nick? Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'll go with your your the uh, way of doing it, and I've got some honorable mentions, and then I've got my winner. Um, so I've got two honorable mentions. Actually, three. Three honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So one that I've gone to see live, one that I haven't really listened to the music or anything, but I'm really interested in the idea. And one that I think is a really cool concept. So the one that I went to go see that I absolutely love how they stage it in particular is Mary Poppins. Ah. I went to go see that one. That was one of the first shows that I ever went to go see in Sydney. And I was blown away. Mm. I, I, I know it's a bit more of a traditional one. And it's not one that like most people now think of. But I absolutely love it. Um, secondly, the one that I, I haven't really looked at, but I love the concept is Beetlejuice. Ah. Yeah. That, uh, I think is currently still on Broadway, I believe. Yes. You might be right. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the movie and I love the bits of staging that I've seen from it. And, but I just haven't gotten around to listening to the music yet, but soon and then one that i i recommend that a lot of people should listen to that's a bit of a wild card is a musical called wonderland have you heard of it Uh, i feel like i have but i don't know anything about it please elaborate so wonderland is kind of like it's alice in wonderland but it's completely flipped about so uh this is set in the future after the classic alice in wonderland's tale and uh alice is now a mother with a daughter and she's living in new york and she gets to wonderland by falling down a service elevator oh yeah (laughs) she gets to wonderland and everything's changed the mad hat uh the mad hatter that we know is now dead and there is a new protege that is a female mad hatter that wants to take over wonderland and it is is such a cool concept and it's got some great music and I suggest that people listen to it. Check it out. But uh, my top spot, top spot, something rotten. Ah, uh, love that musical. I do like that musical. I've uh, heard a lot. I've heard most of the soundtrack to that one, so I, I am a big fan of that soundtrack too. Uh, I absolutely love William Shakespeare, as you could have guessed <laughs> by me doing Twelfth Night last year. But oh, I love. William Shakespeare, and so to put it in musical form with him basically a rock star, oh, I love it. The concept is brilliant. (sighs) William Shakespeare is my dream role (laughs) in Something Rotten. (laughs) Well, hopefully one day it'll be put on and you'll be able to achieve that dream. Hopefully. ADMS, you're listening? (laughs) (laughs) Listen up. Someone someone propose it. Um, well, oh. thanks for joining me so much, Nick. It's been good. a pleasure to have you again. We've been talking a little bit about ADMS and what they're doing this year. And um, I hope that you will go and check them out and go along to their shows and maybe get involved in some of their shows in the future. It's a great opportunity to... It's good that we have a little bit of theatre about that you can get involved with. Um, mm. We're a very lucky town here in Armadale, considering that we only have about 25-ish thousand people. Yeah. It's, it's, it always blows my mind. But I do, I do just want to say, if you're uh, interested in theatre, 
try and take a look at broaden your horizon see Mm. what else you can find in Armadale of course ADMS that's a prime example try try and seek out their shows and go see it because live theatre is the lifeblood of the arts and uh, well we may have accidentally blocked you off because there was an event tonight uh, at this time (laughs) plugging all of the arts groups in Armadale so if you're listening Sorry, Sorry. Um, you may have already missed that, but there's plenty to check out and we'll be continually plugging them right throughout the year on Anthology. That's our job here. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll keep you up to date. There's plenty you can get involved with. We have a lot of theatre groups here in Armadale to get um, to get both inv- get involved with and go and watch their shows. Um, we might call it there. We've passed half past eight, which Aww. is our official finishing time now. Uh, You are listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. It's been good fun.